Welcome to Around the Writer's Table, a podcast focusing on the crossroads of creativity, craft, and conscious living for writers of all ages and backgrounds. Your hosts are Gina, Melody, and Kim Boo, three close friends and women of a certain age who bring to the table their eclectic backgrounds and unique perspectives on the trials, tribulations, and the joys of writing. So pull up a chair and get comfortable here around the writer's table. Welcome back to Around the Writer's Table, and this week I'm Kimbu introducing the episode. We've got a really interesting episode uh, lined up for you today. I'm really happy that we're finally getting to this point because I've been looking forward to it. We are interviewing one of our co-hosts yet again, part of our whole plan to get you familiar with who we are and what we like to talk about. Melody A. Scout is going to be giving us some insights into her own writing process and her views on writing as a creative endeavor and wrapping that into her experiences with plant spirit medicine, um, which she is an expert in. We're going to get into that a little bit too. And also talking about her experiences writing her book, Soul of the Season. So a lot lined up on deck. I want to get to it as soon as possible because we have some great questions for her. So I'm going to hand it over to our other co-host, Gina Hogan-Edwards, and she'll give us a little bit of insight into herself, and then we'll just hit the ground running and get on with the show. Gina? Thank you, Kim Boo. It's great to be here today. Glad to have you all listening. I, too, have been super excited about this episode to be able to introduce you to my friend, Melody A. Scout, and for you to get some insights into the process that she engaged with in creating her wonderful book, Soul of the Seasons. So Melody, the first question that I have for you today, I'm always really curious how writers first got into uh, the practice and the process of writing. How old were you or what were the circumstances around you first deciding that you were going to be a writer or wanted to be a writer? So this is a was a curious question for me because honestly, um, I really didn't do any serious writing till I was well into my 40s. But when I looked back on it, I remembered being fascinated with the writing portion of my homework in grade school. I loved the way my handwritten words felt on the paper. And that was really cool to me. Um, I remembered that spark about it, but I never thought I'm going to be a writer when I grow up. So uh, the other time when I looked back was uh, when I was in high school and I was uh, one of the writers on the school paper. And I even had a dream back then of uh, being an investigative journalist. And that book went by the wayside and marriage and babies and all that. And I just rediscovered that recently of that long dream I had. So I would say it's been hanging around me for a long time, but waiting for me to really be in the place where that was the craft that I wanted to pursue. I I get that completely. Like like you, that that calling, that um, that urge, desire, need, however you want to frame it, 
uh, I felt was always swirling around me. And like you said, it just, the circumstances had to be right. The timing had to be right. The inspiration had to be right. And um, so I'm glad that the inspiration hit you when it did. And I have another question related to that. <gasps> Two questions in moved. a row? I'm not sure we can deal with that, no. Gina. <laughs> You're gonna... I'm, I'm going to let you I'll... take it and I'll come back All to All right, mine. I'll go ahead. Um, so I'm kind of diving off of the urge to write and into something else completely different but related, which is what your book is about, Soul of the Season, um, is uh, an explanation and a deep dive into your experiences with plant spirit medicine. And one of the things I've, I've noticed that when we talk about it, like you just say, well, you know, and then I decided to study plant spirit medicine and it's kind of like, and then the fire nation attacked. It's like just, Oh, out of nowhere, uh, you decided to <laughs> devote your life to this. Okay. <laughs> so I really want to know what was the inspiration for you to basically give over to this very, and you did, you did intense study. This wasn't like you got a book at a bookstore. You, you went and studied it. So give us a little bit of background on that and the, the reason you committed to it the way you did. Well, thank you for that question. And so the fire nation attacked actually is the perfect answer <laughs> to your question <laughs> because I did feel at the time, uh, it was, I opened a door when I wrote, read a book called Plant Spirit Medicine by Elliot Cohen, um, that that I stepped into a journey I could not step out of again. And recognizing that, as Elliot was fond of reminding us, everything has to do with everything. And how he taught us you know i read the book and i said i'm gonna go find out about that what that means because i've been a plant lover my whole life i'm a gardener i'm a landscaper i'm a landscape designer like i can't get away from plants and if you want to get me going and not shut me up just ask me a plant question i'll vouch for that so I'll but this was that. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but this was something a totally different approach and Elliot based his uh, plant spirit medicine practice on uh, the five element uh, medicine, which is an aspect of traditional Chinese medicine. And it's approach that says everything in life has a specific quality to it, a specific season to it, a specific color and tone. And those all rotate and go through their cycles throughout your life and your relationship and your uh, jobs and uh, ev everything in life like the earth everything in life is subject to the seasons of the earth and so in our inner lives in our inner landscapes we are also subject to the seasons of life and that fascinated me because i knew from when i was little everything was connected and I could see these patterns that connected um, nature with, uh, you know, other aspects of nature and how the trees and the plants work together and how the, you know, wildlife depended on all that and how we depend on all of the rest of it. But until I studied plant spirit medicine, I didn't have um, a container mm to hold that wisdom and to understand it in a way that made it not only uh, 
satisfying intellectually for me, but it was grounded and practical. It made sense to me. And uh, honestly, I was still in the middle of my two-year training course, which was very rigorous um, when I started to write Plant Spirit Medicine because I thought that or soul of the seasons, because I thought the message was so important, um, not only for myself, but for the world. Really changed your paradigm of how you viewed the experiences you were having at the time. Oh, absolutely. It brought me a lot of comfort and peace, to be honest with you, because I couldn't make sense of why did this happen? (laughs) And then what that happened, why did that happen? You know, but it all brings it all together and like, oh, course you know of course spring uh moves into summer and the element of wood moves into fire because it's fuel for the fire and the the, you know why i feel angry but then why do i feel happy when i let go of my angry ever heard her make up sex you know you had some wood on the fire and now you're making up (laughs) so it all helped me make sense Uh, when you put it that way yeah I had the privilege of being Melody's editor through the process of getting that book out into the world. And Melody and I had so many conversations about the writing process as we were working through the, through the revisions together. And so, you know, I've got a million questions that I could ask you that I know that the readers would, or the listeners would be really interested in hearing about. Um, And I, think that some of those we can touch on in some of our future episodes when we're speaking about the seasons. Um, but one of the things that I know has come up, um, you know, when you were first doing your book launch and as you've talked to, to people about the book is um, you wanted to take the information that you learned in your plant spirit medicine studies and distill it down to the things that um the average person could use to apply to their own lives. And I think one of the challenging pieces of that is helping us understand the, the natural seasons compared to the seasons in our lives and recognizing that these are not necessarily running in parallel with each other. So can you speak to that a little bit? Sure. So if I'm understanding you correctly, for instance, if we're in spring you're not necessarily coming up with things that have new beginnings and, you know, working through anger issues or setting good boundaries and all of that. Things go within the season of spring. Um, And that is true because these seasonal passages, our seasonal passages are ongoing. And to be honest, they're all going at the same time. If we are stuck in any one season exclusively, we will create imbalance. Hmm. And so even in nature, however, there are seasons within the seasons. You know, the season of spring is very different coming out of the January thaw than it is when it moves into the heat of summer. There's a different space in there. Now, as far as, uh, you know, going through these passages at the time of the year, I will have to affirm for myself, as I have been immersed in this uh, medicine now for over 10 years, that I am going through 
some personal life uh, passages in those particular seasons. And I think it is just a way of becoming at one with the natural world that we are all a part of. But just because you may be, you know, there's a lot of joy in spring for me too. It's one of my favorite seasons. I love the new growth. It's like a, a Christmas present every day when I go outside and see the plants and, oh, this one's a blooming and that one's got new leaves and, you know, I can cut this back. It's all, you know, uh, filled with joy for me as well. But, you know, each season has something to teach us. And when we are in balance, we hold all those seasons um, equally, all moving mm-hmm. with each other. I don't know if that makes sense to you. Yeah, the main thing that I wanted the listeners to understand, because again, when when this was first coming out and you were first starting to talk about it, I know that I, I got questions from folks about, well, you know, it's spring right now, you know, outside it's spring. And so shouldn't I be feeling joy? And I'm not feeling mm-hmm. joy. And that's because what's going on with them in their inner landscape is much different. They're in a different season internally than what's going on in the external world. And that happens, you know, it's, it's not, there's not a, a, a defined parallel consistently with that. Is it, is it also possible? I mean, it sounds like it is, but it, and I'm new to it. I did not help with the editing and the birth of this book. So you know, I've read it as it, as, as it has appeared to be a complete work, but that, there may be different elements of your life that are in different seasons, like your love life may be in one season, but your relationship with your families might be in another season and your career is in it. I mean, does, is, is that part of the idea of this? Well, to be honest with you, I think we're often connected to these seasons in all areas of our life as it's happening, but we just don't recognize uh, that's what's going mm. on. I mean, it's a fairly, it's a very complex, I mean, it's elegant and beautiful, but it's a complex system. Just as how nature works is very complex. There's lots of layers to it. You know, everything, the little, you know, bacteria and mushrooms, and they support a whole bunch of other things, which support a whole bunch of other things. And then the weather has to do with it. There's a lot of layers to what's going on at once you know, and the thing that I, it helped me understand was the complexity, you know, of our inner lives and to accept and understand that. And the mystery of it is really a a big factor too. accepting the mystery. It's okay that I don't understand all of it. That's hard for people, you know, though. People enough. don't like, yeah, people want mm. solid answers. They yeah. want answers. Yeah, <laughs> they, be- yeah they believe uh, They believe that once they understand, um, somehow that magically makes everything better and poof, the problems go away. I don't know if you've ever had that experience. I actually never have. I've gotten understanding on a lot of things early on. And it did not save me from going through the difficult passages. I didn't get to skip over them. I didn't, you know, move to, you know, get a free pass to the next section of life. I still had to do the work. I know. That's darn. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) dash all my hopes right there. 
But this actually like leads into, I mean, I appreciate Gina asking that and, and putting this on this particular path in this conversation, because that does lead to my next question. Um, and I know you got a peek at this question, so hopefully you've got an answer already to go for me. But you do talk about the, you know, the interconnectedness of things and how, you know, the seasons affect each other. I thought your example of the spring being different in early spring and what it is in late spring. You can say that of every single season. But I do wonder, how did that affect you as a writer while you were writing the book? Well, you think of all these interconnections and, and all the different things that you had to say and and trying to write, because I think a lot of writers like us tend to get into that place where we get overwhelmed because everything is connected and it all matters and everything's just very important. So what did you do? How'd you handle it? What was your thoughts on it? Well, the fire truck. Had had I known, this is happening with uh, more of my writer friends than I know, had I known (laughs) what this would ask of me before I started, I might not have jumped in with both feet quite so enthusiastically because it couldn't help but work me and show me where all my imbalances Mm. and misperceptions and misunderstandings about life, about my relationships, about my work, about my own value and self-worth. It just peeled back the layers and showed me exactly how things were. Um, Anybody who's been through those life passages kind of knows that is really baptism by fire. Yeah. And, but it, it had such a deep, it landed with such a deep anchor inside of me. You know, the medicine did. Um, I realized recently, I, I just absolutely fell in love with the medicine when I met it. I never had that kind of relationship with a uh, modality mm. before. And I was hooked and I tried to, I mean, I went through shit. Um, you know, I, I moved five times during the writing of the book. I had, was uprooted constantly. I lost a 75% of my income within the uh, first uh, three weeks of starting, you know, my two-year training process. I, so I had financial challenges the whole mm-hmm. time. And I kept saying, and I kept praying about it every time they would seem to be a new obstacle, a hoop to jump through. It's like, are you sure you just don't want me to go, you know, (laughs) be a gardener somewhere? (laughs) I could just do that. I'm okay, really. I'll have to give a big message. I like salad. I mean, things are great. What more do we need? (laughs) yeah. Yeah, I'm good, really. And the answer would always come back. Don't you have a book to write? Oh. Doesn't cost doesn't cost anything to write. Uh, does it though? Does and it look, though? You're here. Uh, dollars. Um, <laughs> and and look, all this free time you have because you're not employed any longer. Oops. <laughs> you don't have an excuse. 
So uh, I don't know how that answered your question, but yes, it worked me over in a significant way and uh, changed me. I, uh, think I think it. Way. I think it addressed the question because I was asking about you know the interconnectedness and how that that you related to that while the writing of the book, and I think you really uh, your answer is talking to us about the experience of writing in general. I think a lot of us have been through that exactly where you're feeling changed by the material you are creating and. Yeah, that's that's the very definition of interconnectedness, I think. <laughs> I mean, it was both, uh, um, what's the word I'm reaching for? I mean, it was grounding mm. to me to learn this and work this. And it was also operating. Uh, but the groundedness was much stronger. Hmm. I mean, you know when you know when you know uh, and when you are connected to truth. So in some of our future episodes, I know we're going to uh, talk more about these individual seasons that, that we go through, uh, but I wondered real quickly, just for folks who might not be familiar with five element theory and plant spirit medicine, to share with them some things from the back of the book, just to give them a better perspective of what your book and what your work is about. Um, so just briefly, um, Soul of the Seasons offers timely and practical ways to gain fluency in the language and the expression of the emotions, create powerful ways to correct old patterns and form new habits, build inner trust, resiliency, and self-confidence, find and embrace your authentic self, and identify and shift emotional, psychological, and spiritual blocks. So what you do in your book, Melody, is, uh, you know, distill down these teachings from plant spirit medicine, from five element theory, even from practices like uh, acupuncture, if I'm not mistaken, and apply these to our emotions, to our inner landscape, to the, to the um, existential experience that we're having here on this planet. Uh, absolutely. You know, and that's, you know, going back to, circling back to a, a question at the beginning, you know, I don't really, it's hard to give your 90 second, you know, elevator pitch <laughs> about plant spirit medicine. I, I keep mean, trying to get you to do that. Yeah. So I know. I know, <laughs> I know it's hard. <laughs> and I keep, <laughs> I could just say like Elliot used to, everything has to do with everything. Oh. End of story. <laughs> but, um. Uh, its richness and diversity and complexity uh, is also what drew me into it. And uh, it, it is gentle yet powerful. It is subtle, uh, but, but awe-inspiring. And so I do get tongue-tied. And, you know, honestly, I don't know how it all works. It's pretty amazing. You know, the plants don't tell me everything. They tell me some things, but they don't tell me everything. And I'm okay with that. That is one of the, I think, biggest improvements in my life. I'm okay with not knowing everything. Mm. Comfort mm. zone that you have to kind of work yourself into, I think. Yeah. So I think it would be useful for listeners to know the time frame that it took you to write mm -hmm. the book. Oh, and that's a good one. As you share... As you share about that, I would love to know what your favorite excuse during that process was for not writing. Oh, <laughs> wow. How long do we have? 
Um, <laughs> so my favorite excuse, depending on where my line of sight landed, could be cleaning, uh, organizing, which I'm terrible at and I hate. Uh, but suddenly, you know, uh, eating, I needed to cook. I needed to cook uh, huge meals. I was alone most of the time, by the way. Um, you know, and, you know, and squirrel, you know, whatever it was, uh, I found myself uh, self-distracting mm-hmm. from <laughs> the process at hand. It took me nine years, over nine years, to from when I started the book to when it was in print. When I first started, I thought, I'm just going to write an outline. This will be a great little booklet, you know. You know, six years in, I've got, you know, 100, over 100,000 words and like, holy crap, you know, you're not going to be able to carry this home from the bookstore, you know. So that was uh, a big challenge for me. I was curious if because of your, um, I mean, your, your life has been so enriched by nature, I just wondered if sometimes in the uh, guise of research, like we can often go down rabbit holes, (laughs) if maybe like hiking or just being outdoors, especially when, since you were in a place at one point where I know you had a lot of weather changes and snow and, you know, that kind of thing. So I wondered if, if sometimes the outdoors were actually a distraction for you in terms of your writing. Well, you know, I, I tended to think of them that way because, you know, in my mind, organizational mind, I thought, I'm going to write, I'm going to get, I was in this uh, lovely farmhouse. Uh, it was quite isolated and in rural Maryland. Uh, it was winter, there was lots of snow. And I uh, kept thinking, I'm going to do this, I'm going to write, I'm going to get up, make coffee, write X amount of hours, have lunch, take a break, write again, you know, this was going to be my schedule. Um, I have always been horrible at discipline and scare, uh, schedules. <laughs> it's not how I roll. And absolutely the outside would distract me. However, I find um, everything has to do with everything. And that if nature is calling me, I need to answer to that. So we had just, you know, uh, gotten a lovely 12-inch snowfall outside the previous day. Gorgeous, beautiful snowfall. And in the morning, the it had cleared off, and it was dazzling, the sun on the snowflakes out there. Just begged me to come out. And um, so I went out. I said, okay, enough with schedules. Um, my soul is calling me to do this. So out I went and I trudged along in just the wonderment and awe and went with a curious mind and, you know, let go of the judgment of not, you know, getting in my writing hours, yada, Mm -hmm. yada. And it, you know, that experience taught me about death and life. And um, I included a chapter about it in my book in the season of winter. It was a profound experience for me to listen to what my soul was calling me to do. And it strengthened my writing and made it better, I feel. Beautiful. Yes, and, and being friends with you and talking about writing with you, 
has really pushed me in a lot of ways to be more accepting of those kind of experiences where of, of not, I don't want to say necessarily letting go entirely, but letting go of expectations, letting go of, of the guilt, the, the feeling of obligation that, oh, I should be doing this and I should be doing that. And of course, there are times in our lives when we absolutely should be doing something that maybe we don't want to do. But a lot of times for writers, I think that's self-imposed. Um, you know, unless you've got a book deal and a deadline, it's, it's self-imposed. It's like, I should be hitting this many words a day. I should be, I should be on chapter seven, but I'm only on chapter five. And talking with you about the seasons has taught me a lot about that because when I've run into situations where I'm feeling forced or I'm feeling very, you know, I don't know what a bottled up energy, like getting ready to explode, I'll just think, maybe just step back and see how you're really feeling about this instead of just layering it over with these external or even, you know, in, internal expectations. So it's been a very valuable experience for me to hear about your experiences with writing this book, because, you know, I know a lot of writers will look at that and go like nine years to write a book. Um, well, you know, sometimes that's just what's going to happen. And sometimes you can write a book in six months and sometimes you can write a book in 16 years. And so it's just a matter of what the creative process is happening inside of you. So I've really, just to say that I've really valued learning that from you as, as we've gotten to know each other. Well, thank you so much, Kimbo. I would like to build on that too, uh, in terms of, you know, some of the things that I have learned from, from being around you and around your knowledge of plants and your experience of plants and helping me appreciate what we have in the physical world in terms of nature uh, in a much more deeply appreciative way than I used to, and also acknowledging the wisdom that the plants hold and, and what they have mm -hmm. to share with us, and also the, the, the inner nature that we have, uh, you know, what, what Kimbu was, was talking to. So, you know, both of those things have enriched my life, my life uh, from knowing you, but I especially want to acknowledge that connection with nature that you've helped create for me and how much it has begun to inform my own writing process, giving myself permission to be in nature, in the quiet and connecting with with the plants in a way that I would have never known how to do if it hadn't have been for experiencing you and the, and the information in your book. Oh, well, thank you both so much. That really touches my heart because, um, you know, that's part of my personal uh, motto and goal in life. It's my goal of medicine and my teaching is to inspire others to be better and do better within themselves and live within their own integrity. Um, so that's really wonderful to hear. You know, one of my favorite authors and teachers, Robert Ojado, uh, said, uh, expectations are premeditated resentments. Oh, oh. Yeah, that, that, that one. I don't like that. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Ooh, so I think that quote's going um, on the show notes. <sighs> yeah. Wow. And I think also um they're creative creativity killers. Mm. I mean, nothing puts a oh, damper yes. on your creative process more than placing huge expectations on yourself. One of the 
most exciting um, and for me uh, aspects of plant medicine. And I've had this actually it was instilled in me by my parents is having an open, curious mind. And I do that best with plants because I'm always like, they're my little friends. Oh, it's so good to see you again. And look at you, you know, and oh, I love what you're doing here, you know. Um, but how often do we look at our personal challenges in life with that same curiosity? Mm-hmm. You know, oh, look mm-hmm. at you being frustrated today. What do you think that's about? What do you need? Really, what would land with you and feel good with you with, you know, concerning that frustration? What is it trying to tell you? You know, when I had my big expectations going back to, you know, that writing period in the winter time, I was willing to look at what was calling to me on a deeper level. Nothing wrong with having goals. There's nothing wrong with having schedules. I don't have to function optimally that way. And I certainly wasn't functioning on a schedule that day. Um, and how many, you know, little gifts, I, I think these insights that we receive and these gifts of creativity and uh, how often do they happen when we let go of having to do it any specific way and maybe even let go of writing for the moment and just go out and give your... Um, uh, bring a chance to be open and your mind to be open and be curious. I've gotten inspiration for my writing from a lot of different seemingly unrelated sources. You know, not only talking to my artist friends, my writers, but viewing art, viewing beauty, um, you know, exercise. There's a lot of ways to open yourself and be open to what that gift is. And I think we miss a lot of opportunities when, you know, in the past, I was more likely when I feel frustrated, not adhering to my schedule, I double down mm-hmm. that shit. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't know what that feels you know. like at all. Mm-mm. Yeah. Let's do more. You know, Let's just pile more because I'm not doing harder. it. No. Go harder. <laughs> you know, I'm really glad that you that you brought this this particular aspect of the conversation up because. I feel like one of the most important qualities for any writer to have is curiosity. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, Curiosity about everything. Be curious about your Mm -hmm. illness. Be curious about your pain. Be curious about your mother-in-law that drives you nuts. (laughs) Oh, that's that's a lot to ask there now. Come on. (laughs) But I mean, if you're looking at it with, with, from non-judgmental eyes and just, you know, when you go out to look at nature, you don't go, oh, how come you're not blooming yet? <laughs> you know, uh, how come, how dare you have a leaf that color? You know, we're not that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not that way with our pets and we're not that way with nature, but we sure are with ourselves. Oh, yeah. I feel called out about that for sure. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> well, and, and, and I like how we've moved into process because I do have, um, I do have one more question. It's, it's a little bit lighthearted um, given some of the deep things that we've talked about, but um, I think it's important because there's so many variations. And like you said, we don't judge plants or our pets. My pet, of course, is perfect. I don't know about anybody else's, but 
how we process our, our, our writing itself. And, and I know it a little bit, I've kind of, I think we've made you sound like a little bit like uh, Thoreau out at Walden, you know, walking through nature, writing your book with your <laughs> fountain pen in your hand. Um, but I know that's really not, I know that, that handwriting has been a plot part of it, but also writing on the computer. The act of writing for you, how does that work? Hmm. Oh, that depends on the day. <laughs> Um, I will say it's a little different in each season oh, interesting. when I'm writing okay. my first or second draft. I'm all excited. I've got all these ideas bubbling up. And so I sit at the computer. I don't handwrite a lot of this. I'll handwrite um, outlines and other details, make notes. But when I'm writing my first draft, second draft, I, I am thinking way faster than I can write by my hand. So I just go on my keyboard and things fly and I'm excited and it's put down um, easily. Then when I move into the next season, that would be, you know, spring is the new growth, the bubbling up. Uh, the next season is uh, uh, summer. And that's where you start into the revisions and you take a look, step back and you take a look and what does this need? It needs a propping up here. It needs a little pruning there. It needs some watering and fertilizing. So that's like uh, maybe third, fourth, fifth drafts in there, taking a look at that. And when I move into harvest, it's I'm getting closer to that time. I'm just like, there's almost no tweaking to be done. It's full, but it's not complete completely um, finished. Uh, I give it to beta readers and then uh, allow them to give back to me something of value uh, that they have received or make suggestions. And from there, I take that uh, valuable information into the season of fall. I go into the revision process and um, I was very wise to hire Gina as my editor to help me. This is not my favorite part of writing <laughs> process. <laughs> Gina helped me a lot with this. And, um, you know, a couple of times she's like, take a break, go away, you know, come back. Very wise advice. And then go in, get it done, get out. She would say, don't read it over again because uh, I have a habit of being a perfectionist. So I would like change it this way, change it that way. Nope, that's not the time to do that. It's time to get it out the door into the material life of the book. You know, the final revisions, which have been challenging to me, but uh, Gina helped me focus, trim away what, you know, wasn't essential to the message. And then, you know, keeping the core, what is really valuable and, and keeping my goal in mind of what I wanted to offer and when I wrote the book. And then moving into the season of summer, you have let this baby go out into the universe. There is some, you know, grieving to that process. Postpartum, you know, book launch is a, is a mm -hmm. thing. And um, I, I hit it pretty hard after I, you know, book came into print and I did a small tour. Um, and uh, needed to give pause. And then coming back into the season of winter again, then these, it's a season of death. You know, the death was the letting go of that old book. 
But when I was writing the book, all these little seed germinations of new ideas. Oh, I could write about a book about that. <laughs> I could write a book about this. So we tuck those away. You know, they got planted back in the ground. And so during the season of winter, those little seeds started, you know, gestating and germinating. And um, as with the garden, not every seed that lands sprouts, not every sprout lives to be a seedling. And if you're a gardener, you call sometimes. You see which one has more promise, more life to it. And then you start again in the season of spring and, and bring that to life and give it body and structure and give it legs again. What a great overview and uh, fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I think what a great lead in to what our future episodes are, are going to be about. Um, Gina, I know you've been thinking a little bit on um, how we're going to approach this. And, you know, so if you can let our listeners know what they can expect out of the next few episodes where we go a little bit more in depth with Melody about this. Yeah, I think it's it's going to be a pretty simple uh, sequential process through each one of the seasons. We'll talk about spring and how that's a time for us to remember our visions, to set boundaries, um, you know, to make quality decisions. And we'll talk about this in terms of how that affects writing and the writing process and, uh, you know, our own inner development and landscape. Yeah. And that's just going to be the start of the whole cycle where we're going to go through every season Mm -hmm. um, in this podcast. So that's going to keep us motivated through the rest of the year ourselves, I think. Now we've hit a good number of topics for today. And uh, Melody, do you have anything you want to you want to shout out there into the void before we wrap up the podcast officially? Uh, I just want to thank both of you for um, not only engaging with me on this interview, but also being my support, uh, Gina, for a while through the grueling process of writing the book and Kimbo more recently and connecting on a deep level about the love of our craft and other fun and exciting things. And I'm so looking forward to talking more in future podcasts. There's just so much exciting material that we have to offer you on each uh, phase that will help support uh, all the writers and any create, you know, any creative person. This applies yes, to any indeed. aspect of creation. So I'm so looking forward to it. I am too, honestly, which is not something I would have thought about this topic. You'd asked me, you know, a year and a half, two years ago, but uh, I've seen the value of it and uh, the lessons that you've taught me. So I'm really excited that we're going to go in depth on this moving forward. We appreciate you listeners for joining us today, whichever day this happens to be that you're listening to this podcast, and we encourage you to come back to future episodes. I think they'll be very engaging for you, learn a lot as as we learn. It's going to be a joint process, and that's it. I think we're done. Have a great day. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thanks for joining us around the writer's table. Please feel free to suggest a topic or a guest by emailing info at aroundtheridertstable.com. Music provided with gracious permission by Langtree. A link to their music is on our homepage at aroundtheridertstable.com. Everyone here around the writer's table wishes you joy in your writing and everyday grace in your living. Take care until next time. <laughs>